Over the years, we've interacted with hundreds of women and men who are serving God in a local church, whether it's professionals or volunteers. Pastors are heroes in our world. Pastors pray for people in hospital rooms, show up at events to be a blessing, care for small groups, work hard in God's service, and prepare messages from God's Word to bring encouragement. We thank God for pastors. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us for another Soul Talk. We love to have you in our community and to hear from you. Last week on our podcast, we talked about when leaders fall, and we have heard from a lot of you. Thank you for contacting us. Pastors and elders and church attenders like Maddie in Finland, an elder and lay leader who says that I lead meetings and teach and give counsel and often feel quite hard-pressed and I'm needing input from wiser, godly people and appreciate the way that you're blending together insights from biblical spirituality and psychology. And that is what we want to do. We also heard from Jim, a volunteer pastor in Sydney, Australia, and he says that he'd become burnt out and had to take a step back for his own health and uh, is being refreshed through our Soul Talks podcast and our book on Jesus' Easy Yoke and thanking us for that. So Maddie and Jim, welcome to the Soul Shepherding community mm-hmm. and all of you out there. Today we are talking about ministry begins with rest. And this is something that in my history and personality, I don't do very well. Yeah, well, honey, I don't know that any of us do, because I think that most of us have been trained with this sense of, you know, well, you can rest when you get your work done, you Mm -hmm. know, it was kind of get your work done, then we can do something fun. It's kind of put the work first, even even raising our kids, you know, there's times that I kind of try to reward them with something, you know, well, as soon as you get your homework done, then we can, you know, because there are things, yep. you know, with, with disciplining ourselves to do the work that needs to be done that we don't want to do, that that works for, but it, it can get to the point where we always are operating that way unconsciously. So reversing the order and priority to say no. Sabbath is the first day of the week, and we want to begin with resting in God, worshiping God, listening to God, and being uh, renewed and energized, and then doing our work, and especially our ministry, out of that state of rest. That's something that we've been really working to be intentional on the last decade or so. It is a paradox to work at resting. It is. And and you got this vision because you saw that Jesus did this. And you would look at how Jesus, for example, before he went out and chose his disciples, he rested, he prayed, he sought the Lord, he listened to the Lord. Yeah, that's coming from our Easy Yoke book in which we do some Bible studies of Jesus in the Gospels. And we look at his intimacy with the Father, his submission to God and the kingdom, we look at the priority he put on prayer and solitude and rest and how his work came out of that. And then his teaching us about the easy yoke. He's saying, this is how to work, that this is how to be fruitful and productive in whatever you're doing is to do it uh, yoked to me in, in walking and working with me so that you're uh, in a secure attachment with me. You're connected mm-hmm. to me. You're attuned with me. We're in a conversational relationship and now you're able to carry out the work with joy and energy. That's so good. He says it in other ways too, like in John 15, where he tells us to abide in him. 
then later he tells us about loving one another. But you know, that as comes a branch after. abides in the vine, draws on the, the sap from the vine, the life source, uh, so we are to abide in Christ. That's our, our strength for bearing fruit. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I went to a uh, go-kart racing experience with our son David. Yeah. You remember? And I remember. <laughs> I was trying to keep up on the track with David, which is hopeless <laughs> because he's really good at that yeah. and I'm not. And so I was uh, going too fast and I crashed into the wall pretty bad at oh, one point. And yeah. I just, it hurt a little bit, but I just, you know, <laughs> spun my wheel back around and went back at it and tried to pick up my pace and didn't really think much more about it, but then as, as the day went on and the days of fall, I was like, there was a lot of pain there. Well, and I saw bruising <laughs> your back. Your yeah, side. I just figured it was just a bruise. And so I did what my dad taught me to do in football. <laughs> you just ignore the pain. <laughs> and that worked pretty well for me in sports and my teenage years and 20s and beginning in my 30s, but then it started working less and less as I got older. <laughs> And of course, you, you never can, it never works if you have a serious injury, yeah. but I didn't think I had a serious injury, so I'm doing all my work. I'm running, and I'm doing my workouts, and it's kind of hurting, but I just keep pushing through. And then finally, we I complained to you about it, and so that motivated me to do some internet research and talk to some people and came to realize that I had cracked a rib. <laughs> and so I was supposed to rest for six weeks. <laughs> And uh, Dr. Christie, what were you telling me about this? I was telling you how important that was, because when I was reading about it, I was realizing that you could actually do worse damage. You, your fracture could turn into a break that could puncture a lung, and I didn't want that. That's a big deal. Yeah, so you were having a lot of trouble acknowledging, oh man, rest for six weeks. I've never, I've never done that. I've never got six weeks without exercising. Well, literally, literally. When I was a kid and I was sick, I would sneak out of the house and go for a run. <laughs> I mean, obviously not if I was you know, vomiting, or, but if I had any strength, I, I wanted to get out and run because it felt good when I did that and felt a sense of accomplishment. So yeah, you were being pretty stern with me about how I needed yeah. to rest. And I was thinking, well, yeah, I don't know if I can make it six weeks, but I'll try. Well, then I, it was just, I was it like a week later or something, and I had a couple of meetings with different, with a leader and a, and a pastor, both in our community, and so, which I enjoy doing. And so I walked to these meetings, and I told the, the leader that I was meeting with, you know, I can't run, you know, I was being a good boy. I can't, I can't run, we just need to walk today. And so that's what we did. But after that meeting, I walked to the meet with the pastor for coffee, and I was a little behind schedule. And I didn't want to be late, so I just did what I always do, and I just started running because I love to run. And I thought, well, it's okay. I'm in the grass, and I'll explain this to Christy later because I know she wouldn't be happy about this. And <laughs> so I, I ran to the coffee meeting, confessed this to the pastor I met with, which he totally related to. So many type A pastors out there. And so then I came back, and I was going to be late for, for dinner, so I did the same thing. And I was running in, in the grass. And then who's walking towards me on the path but Christy? <laughs> and you're on the phone, right? You're talking yeah. to a friend. And you're shaking your finger at me. Bill, you're not supposed to be doing this. And you're kind of frowning and like, oh, man, she's going to think I was sneaking. And I wasn't going to tell her. I really was going to tell you. I believe you. I know your integrity. <laughs> so 
now I'm all better, so it's good. Yeah, we're but thankful for that. <laughs> it, it did. It did hurt a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that illustrates for you an example of how hard, even when you know better, it is to really live by giving yourself the rest that you need, whether it be physical, spiritual, emotional, relational. Yeah. I think most of us just push, we push the limits mm -hmm. on, on the, um, how much we give to the things that are important to us, the, our work, our ministry, our relationships. And uh, this is especially a challenge for pastors. It is. And so it really helps if we can have a community of people supporting us in this and even a, even integrated into our rhythm of life. So last week, we were with a group of pastors in a conference that Paul Jensen leads, and he invited us to come and lead a retreat for this group of pastors. And they do this on a rhythm. They have this in a rhythm. Three times a year, they gather together for this this rhythm of rest. Paul, we loved hearing from you. You said, what a joy for Bill and Christy, for you to come and, and lead my SECC colleagues on retreat deeply into the presence of God. You facilitated a rich encounter with the Lord among us, experiencing His empathy for us and between of us. And that's so important that they're taking this time to to do practice this rest and then inviting people, even for Paul, to you know invite us to lead so he gets rest too. Yeah, what a great leader Paul is. He's been a mentor to me, and he's sitting in the in the sessions, taking notes and learning for his own life and ministry and leadership. And love that model. So encouraging. And see, this is what we need to do is to be ahead of the curve mm -hmm. so that we're beginning our ministry with replenishment, with a new vision, with teaching and learning, rather than crashing into a retreat when we're burned out or into a counselor's office. So much better if we're proactive and we engage in preventative wellness health care. Yeah. For our souls. It's really and, important. And yet it's hard. Even at this retreat, I remember one of the pastors showing up, he was running late to the retreat, got there kind of a day late, and he apologized about that, which of course wasn't necessary except because it hurt him, not us. But he was just talking about how hard it is. And he's been a pastor for 40 years and he's nearing retirement. And he, he was just saying, it has gotten so much harder. Things move so much faster. The expectations are so much higher. He was sharing with us about how, you know, now he's being compared as a pastor and he's been a, you know, a successful pastor in his career. He's, he's got a good sized church. He says, now I'm being compared with the May church down the street constantly. And, you know, my congregationalists go online and they listen to their sermons and they listen to, you know, and it's like everything has upped the expectations for me in doing ministry, and he was saying, I'm, I'm really worried about, you know, my, my colleagues and my, my brother, who's a pastor here, you know, and others and their souls, how, you know, how do how's this sustainable? Yeah. So it's an important way in soul shepherding that we seek to bless men and women in ministry is with rest mm -hmm. and not just like rest for vacation. Certainly that's part of it, but soul rest. Uh, intimacy with Jesus rest, uh, being in an authentic community, a safe community where you're listened to, you're cared for, you're prayed for, opportunities for, for deep learning about the spiritual life and the psychology of our relationship with God and our ministry and so forth. So what about, what do you want to say to our listeners who are feeling guilty? <laughs> They're like, okay, Christine, Bill, I've heard this message from you, but I, I'm not able to do this. It's like one more thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm so so busy trying to keep mm -hmm. up with everything, 
for my church or my organization, my my family, my home, my relationships, and yeah. I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. You're you're just giving me another another thing to add on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's difficult to get ahead of that curve, but. One of the things we say is that the most important way that you can love the people in your life is by getting soul rest, Mm -hmm. is by your intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. We always say that when we're leading retreats uh, in our Soul Shepherding Institute, our two-year program of retreats and training, that, hey, this is not only for you, this is for the people in your family, it's for the people in your church, in your circle of influence, because as you are getting more in tune with the Lord and receiving God's love and learning things that will help you live a life of joy and peace and power. It's going to bless the people around you. And it's also loving God because it's giving him access to your soul. See, I think we make the mistake. We think that rest is like something I need to do. And it's really more a way of responding to what God is doing. Yes. Of course, we need to act. We need to set aside time. But it's really about a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's about letting God love us. Seeking God first and his kingdom first. That, that seeking his kingdom isn't first, isn't always an active, busy, doing thing. Yeah. And if you're a preacher or you're a teacher or you lead a small group, uh, even leading your family, it, w- the way we tend to feel is that our, our ministry, our work, our work in business as, as a Christian in business, it, it feels so urgent, so important, because, because it is. I mean, it makes a difference for our organization, for the people that are around us, and, and for the Lord. We're, we're carrying out, as best we can, God's call on our life. And so that sense of, of urgency draws us in to put in too much time, too much energy, to over-prepare, over-work, and, and our souls get depleted, to uh, care so much for people that our identity gets embedded into what other people think about us. And we find ourselves walking on eggshells to please them, and uh, conflict just draining the life out of us because we're so intertwined with the feelings of other people, and we don't have another place to stand outside of that relationship. And we know the place to stand is the kingdom of God, and that's our priority, serving the Lord and living for Him. But how do we do that operationally? Maybe we don't know very well how to do that. What's helped you with this, Bill? Because I've seen you make great changes in this, and I know one of the reasons why you write on this and you speak on this is because you're speaking to yourself, because this has not come naturally for you. This has not been an easy for you to really grow in and incorporate in your rhythm of life. So I'm at least our listeners who don't know you and don't live with you think that you're just like the sloucher. You only work like, you know, part-time or you spend all this time, you know, in, in rest and, you know, have this easy work week. I mean, that's not true about you. You work really hard and long. Yeah. Well, learning to prioritize rest, Hebrews 4.11, make every effort to enter God's rest. So it's just continuing to preach this message to yourself. Yeah, and training in it and receiving mentoring to help me learn that. So, you know, way back 
with Ray Ortland um, almost 20 years ago, setting aside uh, retreat days periodically. You and I would go away, and uh, that was just to knock off the work. Who, who am I apart from my work, apart from my ministry? And, you know, at first you feel some emptiness in that. You do. Insignificance. Yeah, what, you know, what, and you feel restless and mm-hmm. uh, stressed, and it, it doesn't feel restful necessarily at first, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you are taking an extended amount of time and you're unplugged, unhooked from all your stuff. So, but it's not just the rest, it's the, the, the mentoring, the, the, uh, the empathy from a friend or a guide that's important because the two need to work together. The, the solitude, which is the way that we learn to rest, to take Sabbath, is, is to practice and train in silence and in being alone to, to get un, unplugged and unhooked. And so we do that. We do that training, and then increasingly we discover that okay, this this brings up some some feelings for me, some reflections. I'm more aware of my my stress points, my struggles, my sins. Mm-hmm. So that's why then we then need someone safe to talk to and process with, and to receive empathy and guidance and prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. And so this is how we we learn and grow. And then the next move is we come to find that well, I actually am getting some rest. This really is renewing me. Uh, And then beyond that, what we learn is how to bring that experience of Sabbath rest into our work so that we learn how to work in a way that it's, it's unhurried and it's not forced. And we take, we take breaks and we're learning to do what we do with the Lord and to do it in community so that it's not all depending on me, but there's other people that are contributing. And we learn to relax about our perfectionism and our people-pleasing and things like this because our identity isn't tied into these outcomes and performances. It's tied into the Lord, not just on paper when we list out our priorities, but, but actually operationally in our bodies. We've, we've begun to recalibrate and develop new habits through the solitude and silence, through the relationships of empathy and so forth. Yeah, this is such a need. I think it's an increasing need even now with having computers in our hand all the time. I noticed this next, this last update that we received from Apple on our phones actually has, where it's tracking how much time you spend on your, on your phone, on your different types of apps, and can set limits and and little notices to get off, which is so important because we're getting trained in these habits of always having to be, you know, connecting through social media, email, these kind of things. I know, Bill, the last couple of times we were away trying to get some rest before some ministry time, we were at a place where we didn't have internet, we didn't have cell phone. And I, I, I felt that in my body, those habits kind of like picking up my phone. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I can't like, I'm like, Oh, I want to, I wonder what the kids are doing. I wanted to go on social media to see them. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can't like, Oh, I can't. And it was, it was that hard boundary that was a surprising me. And it was showing me, I've got some habits here in my body to go to my phone. Yeah. I have the same problem. And I have learned that sometimes to not give into that. Mm-hmm. And I do that by having certain, certain days like the Sabbath day that I don't, I don't check email. I don't go on the phone. It's a day of, prayer and worship and celebration and relationship and, and certain times during even my work week where I, I don't, I don't do email and I don't, I don't respond to that kind of stuff because I'm 
needing to discern how what God is speaking to us about our next topics for our podcast and our blog or prepare for uh, a training that we're leading, uh, this, this kind of thing. Or I'm, I'm writing something, and so I, I need focused attention, and so I screen out all those diversions and distractions so that I'm in that easy yoke with Jesus. And sometimes when I, when I feel when I'm in the, the mode that you're describing and it's, a, it's the evening or we're on vacation or it's the weekend or something and then I, I want to check my, my phone because, you know, we get a little, a little stimulation, a little hit out, mm-hmm. of, out of that. It's, oh, you know, who, who's, who's calling me? Who, mm-hmm. Who's interested in me and what I'm doing? Or who's been on my Facebook page? Or who, who wants to talk to me? And it's not that that's wrong. It's just that we can get controlled by that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when that urge comes to me, I resist it. And I say, well, let's, let's do a meditation here. Let's, let's rest. <laughs> and then, you know, maybe later I, I turn on and check, check a baseball game and, and try to take the mindset, okay, this isn't just like an escape. This is something I enjoy that God has provided for me, and I'm, and I'm doing it with the Lord. So we have an article on our Soul Shepherding website that's the same title as this podcast, Ministry Begins with Rest. And in there we share a meditation from a pastor to pastors named William Martin, and uh, listen to what he has to share. This is for, especially for church pastors, but all of us who are serving the Lord in some role. If you fill your calendar with important appointments, you will have no time for God. If you fill your spare time with essential reading, you will starve your soul. If you fill your mind with worry about budgets and offerings, the pains in your chest and the ache in your shoulders will betray you. If you try to conform to the expectations of those around you, you'll forever be their slave. Work a modest day and step back and rest. This will keep you close to God. And he goes on to share in his ministry of spiritual direction, something that, that we do also, which is to ask people about their, their calendars, their schedule, get to know their the rhythms of life and how, they're, how we're spending our time and our energy. And his advice is so good. Take a long, prayerful, meditative look at your calendar. Who are you trying to impress? God? Give me a break. The congregation? Possibly. Yourself? Bingo. Now cut some big chunks out of each week for family, rest, meditation, prayer, and flower sniffing. When you've done that, we'll talk more about the path to God. The spiritual life begins with that intimacy with the Lord. Jesus, we are desperate to learn how to set boundaries in our lives, to connect with you, to let you speak into how we live our times and how we manage what you've entrusted to us. Thank you that you invite us to come to you, that you show us how to get a real rest. And pray, Lord, for each of our listeners that your spirit will be guiding them into what this will look like for them in their lives with you. The Soul Shepherding Institute starts its seventh cohort with Women and Men in Ministry the first week of February. We'd love to have you join us. 
Each of our five-day retreats features training in Christ-centered soul care and ministry to others. You'll be greatly encouraged and empowered in your apprenticeship to Jesus by being a part of this emotionally healthy and vibrant community of leaders. Contact us at soulshepherding.org to learn more.